This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is MC Money, and I'm joined here by a certain the creepy soccer dad and Houts MD. And the Dolphins have gotten back to football. The OTAs have started. Miami Dolphins football is back in sort of a weird way in terms of we have a little tease here with some football for a few days, and then it goes away. And then we won't get another tease for a little bit until they come back for the veteran minicamp and everything else and another OTA session and all of that great stuff. But the good news is, and I don't think you could have asked for a better way to start out with Dolphins minicamp or OTAs, I should say, is that Ryan Tannehill on the field, full participant. Tony Lippett on the field, full participant. Raekwon McMillan on the field, full participant. Three guys who suffered ACL injuries last season, now back, ready to go, rearing up, and ready to make an impact for the 2018 season. The biggest news, of course, Ryan Tannehill, but another big piece is Raekwon McMillan, who we're going to talk about in just a little bit. I want to ask you, certain though you've been following the OTAs very closely over the terms of what's happened. Give us a brief recap of everything that you've seen so far during the OTA sessions. Well, first of all, Lippitt, I believe, tore his Achilles last year, so that's how he was out for the for the remainder of the year. But OTA so far, the the first the first day was closed to the media, so the second day was the first one that was open. Of course, saw a lot of press conferences today. You saw Ryan Tannehill talking about his knee injury last year. Um, you saw uh, some of the new rookies getting interviewed um, earlier in the in the rookie portion of last week um but you saw you know this is the type of time of year where everybody's feeling great they've been feeling haven't been feeling this well and in years and the coaches are you know everyone's really optimistic excited we want to say nice things about each other but it was really encouraging to see ryan Ryan Tannehill run out without a knee brace i believe house compared it to pamela anderson running down to the running down the beach on Baywatch, and I, I could get down with that comparison there. It was it was pretty saucy, but what, probably the most meaty thing that came out of 
any of this was that Ryan DeHill, Ryan Tannehill is not wearing a knee brace right now, but will wear a knee brace in the regular season for protective measures. Um, I know Houts is going to go into a little bit what he saw from Raekwon McMillan in his press conference, uh, but as a as a fellow Buckeye fan, it's awesome to see him back back out on the field, flying around, doing what he loves, playing football. Yeah, man, it's absolutely great to see Raekwon out there. I mean, we all know that linebacker was a huge need for this team heading into this offseason, and we kind of forgot about Raekwon McMillan, which is hard to do considering he might be the best linebacker on the roster. I've said it last year. Uh, I think what he brings from a talent standpoint is immensely greater than anybody else on this roster, and now you see the leadership. I mean, it's shown in his press conferences. He's sitting there, uh, you know, he sounds like a 10-year veteran. He's out there, and it sounds like he's getting rave reviews throughout the first two days of OTAs. Uh, he's a guy who's hungry, a guy who, I mean, they, they sat there and asked him how him and Tannehill, they were kind of competing to see who could get, you know, could re- rehab quicker than the other. So, I mean, it's great to hear from him. It's great to see and hear from these beat writers how great he's doing out there because I think with Raekwon McMillan, it sounds like he's going to be a Mike linebacker. Uh, today in his press conference, he said, I'm the Mike, I'm the middle linebacker, the guy in the middle, the quarterback of the defense. I'm trying to become a leader out there. There's nothing given to me, so I'm going to try to work my way into that leadership spot. Uh, you heard it, I think, earlier in the week. Jerome Baker, he was gushing over Raekwon McMillan, talking about the kind of leadership he had at uh, Ohio State, and that's something the Dolphins team desperately needs, and I'm excited to see Raekwon McMillan in the middle of that defense. Uh, please, God, do not let him play on special teams. <laughs> I think the Dolphins will certainly be cautious with that, but you talked about him being the Mike linebacker, him being a leader on the defense, and on May 24th, which is Thursday, Raekwon McMillan went in front of the media, and they asked him about you know becoming a leader and, and everything about being that inexperienced player, such a young player, not a lot of game experience, but how do you step up and become that leader? And I thought this quote was very telling, and this is what he said. It all comes with confidence and knowing what I'm doing, being able to tell guys what they're doing around me, and when they ask, have a definite answer. Not like, oh, I don't know. Let me go ask coach. When they come to me as the Mike linebacker, I need to know. A leader isn't just a title that you get because you're the Mike linebacker. Leader is a title that you get because you put in the work day, you put in the work day in and day out during the offseason and leading up until now. And for me, boys, and everyone else listening, you know, that is the sign, the the words of a true leader. Uh, He knows he's not going to get anything handed to him. He knows he needs to work hard for it, and he knows he needs to be fully prepared as the Mike linebacker. There was a report saying from Antoine Staley that said Raekwon McMillan was lining up veteran guys on the defensive side of the ball when they were going through their defensive formations and going against the offense. That is huge news. And even last season, during training camp, we heard that Raekwon was calling the shots and, and lining up the guys still. And then, of course, first preseason game, the very first time he's on the field running down on the punt, and he tears his ACL. So when people say that you're basically getting another rookie, you kind of are getting basically another rookie. The downside to that is that you would rather see in the NFL a rookie have that year of experience before going into year two. So when they do say, yes, you have a rookie, we're going to see those rookie mistakes on the field as well, just because he hasn't had that game experience yet. But certainly him right there in the middle, Kiko on one side, you're going to have, you know, a combination of Stefan Anthony, uh, Chase Allen, perhaps you're going to have Mike Hole. You're going to probably also look at Jerome Baker in certain situations. 
obvious passing situations because he has the speed to cover the guys out of the backfield and also the tight ends that are lined up on the line of scrimmage. And even still, he covered, you know, guys like Mike Jazicki at Penn State, who is now on the Miami Dolphins. When Mike used to go out into the slot, Jerome Baker would cover him as well. So Jerome Baker is that special piece that they can move around. He Remember, he's going to have his pains. He's going to have his mistakes. It's not like he was a first or second round pick. But I, I, do, I do think Jerome Baker will provide a lot of good opportunities for himself in that defense and to help the Dolphins defense get faster and better when it comes to defending tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Another player that uh, had a revealing statement on Thursday was Xavier Howard. And the media kind of asked, and they said, Xavier, what was the improvement that we saw throughout the second half of the season? And it was kind of telling because Xavier said this, I was pressing more towards the end of the season. I was going to get my hands on the guys and stuff like that. Nothing with film. I stayed watching films, so nothing really big, just changing my technique, really. And when, they, when he said this, they, they questioned him again, and they said, when you say you were pressing more, was that your decision to do that or the coaches told you to do that, or how did that come about? And Xavier said the coaches. They said they want us to put our hands on receivers and stuff like that. We played a couple of good receivers, so just knowing what our best, what my strength is doing is just pressing, knowing what I do well. So certain for me, you know, this is kind of a red flag a little bit because Xavier Howard was drafted by this regime, drafted by Adam Gaze, drafted by Vance Joseph, only for them to then tell him that he can't play press. And then Vance Joseph leaves and Matt Burke comes in. And halfway through the season, Matt Burke realizes that Xavier Howard is playing his best football. We can actually press the guy, which is ironically what the Miami Dolphins drafted him to do coming out of college. Does that raise any concern for you, Certain? Yeah, I tweeted something out earlier today. I thought it was kind of bizarre, to be honest with you, because I think the only inference you can make was that he was told explicitly not to press receivers. So, And we've talked about on previous shows the fetish that the Dolphins have for, for cornerbacks. They're looking for six foot one, 200-pound guys that have good length and good speed and can press people at the line of scrimmage. So why in the world are we not immediately putting these guys, you know, you kind of give half credit to Burke for at least realizing halfway through the season, oh, hey, maybe we should play him closer to the line of scrimmage. Well, why weren't we doing that before either? So I'm not willing to give him a free pass on that yet. So I, I do want to see kind of proof in the pudding coming up in the 2018 season, seeing these, you know, the Tankersley, Howard, uh, Lippitt, seeing those guys playing closer to the line of scrimmage and really use that 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 size that we have and, and use it to our advantage. So um, hopefully that, that off coverage that we've seen so much, I don't know if it began with coil scheme or if it was even before that, but it seems like ever since that scheme was installed, we seem to uh, kind of gravitate towards that. So I didn't really like that. One other thing that I forgot to mention earlier about OTAs is guys brace yourself. Danny Amendola dropped a couple of passes and slammed his helmet down and yelled the F word. Guys, he yelled the F word. So I just I know this is a family program <laughs> here, but um, just wanted you guys to be aware, wanted full transparency for our fans. Yeah, we'll talk about Danny Amendola in just a bit, but I do want to move up into the secondary here and go on to Minka Fitzpatrick and how I'm going to bring you in on this one because Rashad Jones was also interviewed by the media on Thursday. And they asked Rashad what he – 
what his thoughts were when he heard the Dolphins drafted Minka Fitzpatrick. And Rashad Jones said, it's about time. He said about Minka that he's been making plays, getting his hands on balls early. Says he thinks it was a good pickup, and he thinks he'll definitely help us. Glad they got another DB and another guy in the room. So when they asked, you know, how is it all going to work with, with TJ McDonald, with Rashad himself, and Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones said, I think we're all versatile safeties. I can play strong safety, free safety. I guess it gives us an extra element of coverage. And that's the key part right there. Again, an extra element of coverage. We have two strong defensive ends right now that are going to get after the quarterback. I know with Minka on the field and all three of us on the field, that gives us that extra lockdown coverage. So for you, Howitz, you know, looking at Minka, and we all know or all think and all believe that Minka is going to be one hell of a player. So to hear Rashad start saying that already and on just two, three days of OTAs, you know, what does that mean for Minka and, and Dolphins fans that are rooting for this guy to be one of the best? Yeah, just real quick, uh, Barry Jackson tweeted out something about uh, Xavier Howard from PFF. He had a 39.2 passer rating uh, weeks 10 through 17. So that kind of, you know, reassures what you said about how he was a shutdown corner later in the year once he was given the opportunity to play pass coverage. But back to Minka, I mean, it is about time. I think we all saw the the need for a, a true free safety. I'm not going to say uh, – I use the word true, but we all know that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick can play several positions on that defense and that secondary. But, I mean, what he brings to the table, uh, I think Rashad touched on it. They can all kind of, you know, drop down the box, uh, roam around, kind of play that linebacker role. At the same time, drop back in coverage. For me, I think Minka might be the, the better coverage safety out of the three. I think uh, – I know people were talking about Bobby McCain and his whether or not he was expendable at the end of the year or uh, or what they might do with him and use a mink at nickel. I do think you can use him in nickel a little bit. I think he can cause a mismatch there. But at the end of the day, I think you need to have him back there in coverage because we saw Rashad Jones. I mean, he's a freaking monster. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. But his coverage skills are, I mean, they're good, but they're not great. And I think that's what Minka brings to the table. I think he's a great coverage safety. I think uh, maybe he didn't really play that natural free safety role at Alabama, but I think that's what the Dolphins drafted him to do. And, I mean, you have him back there. Uh, he's going to be that guy playing deep. He's going to be that guy that comes down, you know, he, he can really do anything. I mean, and it's going to be a huge a huge thing for this secondary, this defense. You touched on it. They brought in Robert Quinn. Uh, they brought back Willie Hayes. Jordan Phillips should take the next step. The, the linebackers are there. you got Cam Wake who just doesn't age. I mean, uh, I'm, we're all optimists at this point. At, at this point in the year, we all think very highly of our team, but – I mean, on paper, this defense should be freaking awesome. And if players continue to develop, you got Tankersley, Xavier Howard, like we talked about, Mika Fitzpatrick, who we all hope could be, you know, one of the, the best safeties in the NFL in a couple of years. I mean, I'm excited about this defense even more so than the offense. So, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick, that was a hell of a first-round pick. I think the Dolphins went into that draft just praying that, you know, one of those guys fell after those quarterbacks kind of went early, and that's what happened. They got – a top 10 player easy, maybe even top five. And they got to be happy to make Fitzpatrick. And based on the early reports, I know it's only been two days. I know they kind of didn't really do much uh, on the field work there in that rookie portion of the training camp or rookie camp, whatever it may be. But Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be a stud, and I'm excited to see the ways he's used in, in Matt Burke's defense. Speaking of defense, you know, continuing on with that, if you look at Jordan Phillips, who was also interviewed, by the media on Thursday, uh, they all talked about how much of a loss and Dominican Sue was going to be for that defense. They're all saying that he cannot be replaced, and we all know that, and we all know that Dominican Sue was a great player, one of the best in the entire league. And it's not that he was a bad player. It's not that he declined. It's not that 
he was this cancer in the locker room. It's not that any of that. It's just the fact that Mike Tannenbaum negotiated a terrible contract with him. And it's also the fact that Mike Tannenbaum made a terrible decision in restructuring that contract two years ago, I believe, uh, two or three years ago. I'm pretty sure it was two years ago where they restructured this contract and didn't use any of that money to go after any free agents. So just terrible, terrible um, contract management by Tannenbaum and company. And that was now the ultimate ultimatum in terms of, well, we need money. We have to release him. And that's what it's going to be. So Vincent Taylor, Devon Gottschall, Jordan Phillips are all going at the chip in and to be the best they can possibly be. That's also going to affect your linebacker play. So we're going to see how this all shakes out as you head into training camp the preseason, and the regular season. Let's jump over to the offensive side of the ball. Now the big story, quarterback Ryan Tannehill. And certain, we've heard a ton about Tannehill the past few days. A lot of hype around him. No knee brace, like you said, but he will be wearing a knee brace in the game, Ryan Tannehill. First interview since last year when he got injured. Told media reporters he is back from the dead. And Tannehill said he took a lot of mental reps a lot of studying, a lot of game planning, a lot of film watching, and he said he is ready to go. Sir, and your thoughts on everything about Ryan Tannehill in terms of the media reports, all accounts saying he looks very good in practice. He says his knee feels great. He says he wouldn't change anything if he had to go back and make all those decisions again. I think we can all say that we're very excited that Ryan Tannehill is back. Yes, I think there is a certain... Um, just relief seeing him run out there because the last reflection that we had of him being on a field, we're seeing him limping off. And then, you know, he even mentioned the, uh, the, the scene where he's in that cafeteria, just staring out the window. And he, he described it as being a kid who wasn't allowed to go outside and play. Um, but one thing that he did mention that I think ties in with what Raekwon went through last year was the whole going through mental reps. So, you know, like you had said earlier, yes, it would be nice to have Raekwon with a year under his belt. And we would have liked to have Tannehill last year to see what we could have done with this team. It didn't work out that way, but going through the mental reps has its advantages too. So it wasn't, all for not. Uh, so there was some, some learning experiences there that, that went along the way. And if anything, Tannehill could probably be a little bit more of a, a technician in the classroom. So hopefully that was uh, a good learning experience for him. And especially for Raekwon, who's going to be responsible for so many things, going through the mental reps throughout the, that year, being involved in the meetings behind the scenes, all that kind of stuff is going to help immensely. Multiple media outlets said that Tannehill looks good, both in moving around in the pocket as well as throwing. You heard Josh Sitton mention how Ryan Tannehill threw a threw a pass running to his left, dropped a dime, and you just see, you know, it's just that process of earning players' respect around you, and and just see how this kind of ball clay comes together, see what the camaraderie is like, and see where the dust settles here closer to the end of uh, training camp and see where we see where we stand with the 53. How do you explain that perfectly when you said on Twitter that Ryan Tannehill running out of the cafeteria onto the practice field is basically watching Pamela Anderson running in slow motion on Baywatch. 
And I think a lot of people got excited to see Tannehill on the field. You apparently got a little more excited than a lot of others. But just give us your rundown of your <laughs> thoughts on Ryan Tannehill coming back. Yeah, it definitely moved when I saw him running out there. And then they added music to it later on. And it was just like, it was insane. But um, the biggest mistake I made with that tweet was saying that was equivalent to it. I think I'd rather see Ryan Tannehill run out in slow motion with uh, without his brace on. But but honestly, I mean, these guys are sitting out here saying how good Tannehill these guys are sitting out here talking about how good Tannehill looks, and I'm sure he looks great, but, I mean, they they sat through Jay Cutler last season. They sat through, uh, no offense to Matt Moore and David Fales. So, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is clearly an upgrade over any of those guys. Uh, I think we all love Ryan Tannehill. I think the biggest thing is going to be his knee, and, I mean, that's something that you can hope that, you know, they can kind of take it easy on him throughout OTAs. It doesn't seem like they're really going to go that route, but, I mean, hopefully he's limited in what he does and they realize his importance after last season uh, i am excited to see ryan Tannehill leading this offense again i do agree with son i think you know Rayquan mcmillan yeah he went down first play in a, a preseason game but those mental reps he was pretty much a red shirt last season and getting him back this year is going to be awesome ryan Tannehill's the same way second year in adam Gase's system sure he wasn't out there on the field but i think he pretty much has it down uh you know he has everything down to a, a t and what about his tattoo? I know there's a lot of uh, people out there that just continue to talk about how he has a tattoo now on his arm, and uh, I don't know. It's not a big deal to me. I'd rather see him wearing a visor than have a tattoo, unless he's going to go the full sleeve route. What, what are your guys' opinion on that? Uh, tattoos don't really bother me at all. Um, I'm not really concerned about it. They said what? It was for Lauren Tannehill or something? It was a Laurel or Yanni? Laurel or Yanni for Lauren Tannehill. I'm not really sure what it was all about. I'd get a Lauren Tannehill tattoo, sure. <laughs> Sorry, and what did you hear about it? About the, about the, the tattoo? I, I, wasn't yeah. it that he got it with I – th- I think he got it with Kenny on a fishing trip or something like that. Um, other than that, uh, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. I don't have any tattoos and. I don't mind people that do, but uh, it's not really that big of a deal to me. Yeah, not not big of a deal to me at all. Listen, it's OTAs. People are excited that football is back. But I guarantee you, if you went to every single beat reporter's page throughout the NFL, if you went to every big Twitter pages throughout the NFL, you're going to see the same optimism. You're going to see the same excitement. You're going to see the same positive reviews on every single team right now. It's important that we take a step back to look at it through realistic glasses and to totally realize that you're not going to know what team you got here with the Miami Dolphins until halfway through the regular season. I mean, even last year when they started off, you know, four and two, was it? Um, You know, and then, then you watch the rest of the way and you realize, wow, how did this team ever get to four and two? And we all know that saying that the NFL season really doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. And that's what it really is every single year. You know, teams stick around, they kick around until Thanksgiving, and then the boys separate themselves from the men. So we're going to get excited. Of course, let's get excited. Football is back, baby. Let's get amped up. But let's also realize that we need to pump the brakes a little bit. A lot can change quickly. Let's pump the brakes during training camp when they're in shorts and pads. Let's pump the brakes during preseason. Let's pump the brakes the first few weeks of the season. It's all about adjustments. It's all about staying ahead of the game. And it's all about players improving. 
unfortunately it has to be like that, but that's just the way it's going to be for the Dolphins and for every other team in the NFL. Any last thoughts on that? I mean, all I'll say is, you know, Hunter Henry for the for the Chargers already out for the year with an ACL injury. Just yeah. be 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 appreciative of every day that we get through these things without an injury, because I think we saw last year. I think, man, just the the onslaught of injuries that we had early was kind of a a bitter pill to swallow, even going into the year. So just be thankful for each day that we have a healthy day. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, I know I was there. Uh, remember the Clay's Campbell hit, and then last year my phone alerted me with the Ryan Tannehill, and it just it was devastating. So let's just pray, like, like Sutton said, let's just hope that every day our team can stay healthy. We got through the first, what, two days, three days? So there's a lot more football to be played. Let's just hope this team can stay healthy, because if they do, then they might have a fighting chance. OTAs, a lot of interviews for the OTA sessions. Uh, very little on-field work in terms of what was open to the media. So we don't know what ton of went on, but from what we heard, again, all positive stuff, all good things. But, again, just pump the brakes. Enjoy that football is back, but also realize it's not really going to be known what kind of team this is until we get towards the beginning of the regular season and then as the season rolls around. One thing that everyone will be watching at the beginning of the NFL season for 2018 is the National Anthem. And total disclaimer right now, we are not going to get into politics on this show. We know that probably 95 to 99% of our listeners don't come here for politics. And this following discussion that's taking place now on this show is not going to dive into the politics of it. We're not going to take sides. We're not going to sit here and give our opinions on what we think is right and what we think is wrong. That is for another outlet to do. What we will talk about is the actual rule and the actual policy. And we're also going to discuss how there are cracks in the NFL shield and how those cracks are coming out because of this policy. Here is the actual policy. I'm sure everyone has heard it by now, but let's just give a rundown again. It states the membership strongly believes that all team and league personnel on the field shall stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. The game operations manual will be revised to remove the requirement that all players be on the field for the anthem. Personnel who choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in a locker room or in a similar location off the field until after the anthem has been performed. A club will be fined by the league if its personnel are on the field and do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Each club may develop its own work rules consistent with the above principles regarding its personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. The commissioner will impose appropriate discipline on league personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Now, as soon as this policy was announced, the NFL said that it was a unanimous decision by all owners. However, we soon found out that the 49ers abstained from the vote. We also found out that the Jets said they will pay all fines for players who protest the anthem and do what they want to do. We also heard on Thursday that it wasn't really a vote taken in the room with the owners. It was just more of a poll and a strong suggestion from the administration of the NFL to the owners and the NFL owners backing that suggestion up. So no real firm vote, no real firm support from all 32 owners. And of course, we heard from many players who said that this was not right and that they were not involved in the discussions. Again, keeping in mind, House and Sun, we're not going to get into the politics of this situation, but knowing that the NFL shield is showing cracks. 
Your thoughts, House, and do you think with the upcoming labor negotiations in a few years, we could see a very ugly battle in the NFL going on strike for an extended period of time? Unfortunately, I do. I mean, it, this just seems like a divide between the owners and the players. It's clear that the players, I mean, they like to go out there, they like to express their their own individuality, and this is kind of taking that away from them. Uh, as much as we hate the Jets, uh, that's one hell of a uh, that's one hell of a reassurance from your owner. I mean, if you're going to go out there and, you know, these rules in place and you're going to kneel, they're going to come out there and pay your fines. I mean, pretty awesome. I I'm, I don't really agree with it. I think that, uh, you know, it should be up to each player, but I understand why some people might take offense to it. I also see why some people want to do it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it should be up to the players. It no longer is. Uh, kudos to those teams that are, you know, putting something in place in case it does happen. The NFL's ruling here, it's not an ending, it's a beginning. So we're going to see more ebbs and flows uh, to how this carries out in real life. And just got to have to respect the process and, and, and see what happens here. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to, to talk about any of this without, you know, inherently getting involved in something politically charged or politically motivated. Um, I don't know that the NFL did anything to help defuse the situation, though. For a such a large organization, they really struggle with their PR efforts. And as someone who works in PR myself, uh, it is obvious that they need some uh, new decision makers in there or whatever. But I can also say that maybe their PR people are good. But, you know, at the very top with Roger Goodell and those people right around him, maybe they're calling the shots in terms of how the PR strategy is initiated, because I know certainly that can happen as well. Again, um, people may say that we're just taking a cop out by not taking a stand. I disagree because I truly believe that our listeners don't come here for politics. And I truly believe that they can find that elsewhere if they really wanted that information. So, again, just the facts of the policy it's going to be discussed on Twitter for months to come and all throughout the NFL 2018 season and beyond. So we're going to leave it right at that. All right, boys, you know, with the OTAs now wrapped up, at least the first session of it, the Dolphins will be returning for another OTA workout from May 29th to 31st this coming weekend and June 11th through 14th. There will be a mandatory mini camp from June 5th to 7th. And then after that, we go to phase three and then going into phase four, which is, of course, training camp. So, how, Sutton, any last thoughts before we wrap it up this week? I'm just excited. Nah, We're getting just... closer to football season. It's going to be awesome. Let's just hope everyone can stay healthy, like we said earlier. Uh, go Dolphins. I hope everybody has a nice, relaxing, hopefully you have a three-day Memorial Day weekend. Get to see some family and friends. Maybe go to barbecue or something. Don't get eaten and, by beers. Uh, yes, don't get don't eaten get by any fire ants. Don't get eaten by any beers while you're grilling on your grill for Memorial Day weekend. And yes, do not get attacked by <laughs> fire ants. I, I don't know why they you don't guys get, think that's so funny. They don't get attacked by beers while drinking a beer. I want to. See, I want to hear the difference. All right. Don't get attacked by beers while drinking a beer. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't, I don't, I don't hear the difference. 
<laughs> What's the deal? We, we love you. You get eaten by a bear, you drink a beer. Is it, is it supposed to sound different? It's one of those words where it sounds the same but spelled differently. Meat and meat. I eat meat while meeting my friends. No, no. It's <laughs> not technically... They're not technically homonyms there. Homophones. Whatever the... Yeah, just quarterback and quarterback, quarterback and quarterback, beers and bears. All right. Well, in any event, in all sincerity, we all hope you do have a great Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe. Um, Remember the reason for it. Enjoy your time with family. Enjoy the grilling while drinking a beer. Watch out for the bears in the woods, though. And (laughs) get ready for the next Dolphins OTA session, which, again, is on the 29th through 31st after this coming weekend. That is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. For certain, the Creepy Soccer Dad and Houts MD, I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking so football, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.